All right, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, welcome. Hey, it's ha happy Monday, Super Bowl Monday, the day after Super Bowl. Uh, if your team won, congratulations. If your team lost, uh, nobody cares. It's a Monday. Get back to work. <laughs> nobody cares if your team won, too, by the way. But uh, congratulations to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. All right, so today we are very fortunate from uh, the lovely state of Nevada, Las Vegas. We have from the St. Rose office, Andrew Kozlowski. Andrew, hit star six on your phone so you can unmute yourself, star six, and we'll be able to hear you. Hey, guys. Hey, Rick. Thanks for having there me. There he is. Hey, well, tell us a little about yourself, my man, how long you've been doing this, all that good stuff, please. Sure. Awesome. Um, my name is Andrew Kozlowski. I uh, do real estate out of sunny Las Vegas, Nevada. I am currently in my fifth year of real estate um, and uh, have a team up here. On my team, I have five, six agents, and um, it's going great. I uh, couldn't be happier this year. It's great. As far as you're also out. rookie of the year, your first year. I was, yeah. I was fortunate enough to put in the work to to earn myself rookie of the year, um, which was around 20. I started in 2019, and then my first year was 2019-2020. We all know what happened in 2020. And right. uh, first year, I ended up putting um, 21 in contract, but had five fall out due to the uh, closures here in Las Vegas. Ended up doing my first year uh, doing 16 deals total. Earned rookie of the year. Second year uh, was a little bit better than the first. Had my momentum, confidence, you know, script down, um, objection handlers, ready to go. And I also had a schedule. <coughs> Second year. Did around, <clears throat> excuse me, 40, 45, 48, something like that. Uh, started the team in the middle of my second year. Third year was my best year by far, um, two years ago. Um, I personally did like 76 units, and then the team total, my team total did 108. And then last year, <clears throat> excuse me, I frog in my throat. Last year I did around... No problem. Um, I don't know. I think the team finished last year like around 50. A little bit different. A little bit, a little bit slower last year. Also had some personal issues going on, um, yeah. which Rick knows about. But um, yep. we don't need to get into here. But this year's off to a great start. Uh, really off to a great start. You know, we've been talking about it, Rick. How we thought that November, December might be a little slow, but then quarter one this year is going to pick up, and it's definitely showing that way for me. I have mm -hmm. four. Well, I'll just put something else in contract. So I have five escrows right now. Um, one of them is a double end, so technically six. And, yeah, I mean, it feels – it's starting to feel busy again. It is with my calls, with my follow-up, with reaching out to SOI. It's starting to feel busy again. That's great. Yeah, you had you had three incredible growth years. I mean, the first year was, you know, COVID, and that was crazy because we were shut down a little too long. But anyway, that's my opinion. <laughs> yours, I know yours, yep. too. Then you did yep. 44. I remember it was 44 your second year, 70, I think you said 76 yourself personally, with 108 as the team. Unbelievable. And then you had a, you know, come down to real, reality life uh, year because you had a lot going on personally, which it's it's awesome you still did that much with everything you had going on. And then this year mm -hmm. is going to be back back on track year with uh, 
you know, and you're right, the playing field has gotten better with the interest rates coming down a little bit. Although, you know, even with interest, I mean, the interest rates are in the sixes now. So, I mean, there's really nothing to complain about. They'll probably go lower, but the interest rates are still very workable. The market's picked up. People are back to business. And I think we're going to have a pretty incredible year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think <clears throat> the, the interest rate for some reason is still like a really big objection for most. And I think a really good buyer's agent who has their finger on the pulse of how this market is going can work, can easily work through that objection, right? We have um, temporary buy downs. I've even seen some three uh, year buy downs, a three, two, one buy down, which is just an incredible deal if you can get the seller to pay for that. Um, so personally, I, I just don't see the interest rates as an objection for buyers right now. Um, I think they need to, and if you're listening and you have buyers, I think you really need to put, put the gas on them. We need to be good salesmen and women. And part of that is, is persuasion um, with good analytics and good data. And we need to help our clients understand because that's what we're supposed to do. Uh, the benefit of purchasing now before appreciation hits after all these sales strike and these guys are going to be paying more with a little bit less of an interest rate when they could just buy now refinance later or have the seller pay for those concessions and get a smoking deal right now and not have to worry about it for another six to 12, maybe even 18 months. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, yeah, I don't think interest rates right now is a huge objection. Um, and I think that can be overcome. Catching listings right now, though, I think is, is definitely the skill curve. And the yeah. absolute best way to grow your business this year. There's still not too much inventory here personally in Vegas. Um, I still think we're less than two months of inventory, right? I don't think that's changed. I haven't looked yet today. But I, I don't see that changing here for a little bit either. Because if there's any right. relief to the interest rate, the, the MLS is just going to continue to, to explode. And I just don't see us getting back to normal levels of inventory for at least another six months to a year here in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it now? So it's, right, it's been hovering around 4,000, right, active inventory? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Something that's like including that. everything, condos. High rises, yeah. single family residences. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and think think about that. We have about two and a half million people here. Orange County has a little over three million, and they only have like, you know, fifteen, sixteen hundred. So we're yeah. tight, but they're even tighter. And and you're right. I think the um, you know, like like the way you were talking about buyers, you look at interest rates as an objection, where some agents look at it as a condition, meaning ah. They're not going to buy until the rates come down and they're missing the opportunity to help somebody get a home or make a change, uh, knowing that when the rates come down lower, what's going to happen? It's going to be a, it's going to be a freaking frenzy. I don't know if it'll be like, you know, April, May, June of 2020, but it could be. And if you help them get a home today, like you said, before the appreciation really hits, I think it's going to become a premium yeah. to own a home in no time in this country. Yeah, I agree. I do. Yeah. So give us some of those. So you have a buyer today. Give us a little of that presentation. I like where you started. Give us a little bit more in depth. So you're talking to a buyer and you're somebody that really wants to buy, but really thinks the interest rates need to come down first. What do you take them through? Sure. I think the number one biggest tool 
um, if they're on the fence. And a lot of the buyers, three of the buyers that I've worked with this year already were renters. Um, number mm-hmm. one, the biggest thing is you have to have your analytics in order with the rent versus buy if they are currently renters. Um, ah. Number two, yeah, that, that, is, that is a big thing because rents compared to mortgages with a 7% natural interest rate, uh, you, you can find cheaper rents. So that is going to be an objection. Number two is you need to show them the math behind the temporary buy-down. Right now, a lot of these um, houses and sellers are giving concessions, right? They may have multiple offers, but they're still willing to give some concessions. So with that, having good numbers in a easy to swallow format on paper or being able to explain it for those that aren't visual learners um, to them when you have your buyer's consultation is going to be paramount for when you do handle that objection further down the road, right? Because the interest mm-hmm. rate, like, like I was saying, it is more of an objection than a condition because if you can partner right. and negotiate well with the seller and have them pay eight grand to get you that three, two, one buy down on a house, that's like, you know, three fifty, four hundred. Um, the interest rate is no longer an objection. Just went from seven percent interest rate to five, and that right there is hundreds of dollars off a month. I mean, hundreds right. of dollars off a month, and that is such a huge relief for a lot of these people too. And it will also increase their purchase power. So you're right. you're, you're going to be doing them, you know, maybe a two, three folded. Um, benefit by negotiating that temporary buy-down. Um, so that is kind of right. what I walk through. Other than that, it's, I would say it's pretty, pretty common to go through like just the steps, um, the entire transaction process with a buyer. But right now, I think their biggest objections is cash to close, interest rates, and location. You know, if you can... Yeah. Uh, I, and I think in that order too, um, because before mm. it was like location number one, I would say, like maybe a couple years ago, location was number one because interest rates were lower. But if you can find them a really nice home here in Las Vegas that isn't too much cash to close, so if the seller doesn't, they can, if the seller doesn't necessarily give them a full three, two, one buy down or two, one or uh, just a one buy down or even a fixed buy down, um, and they have the cash to close, but they have a decent interest rate. A lot of the buyers now are flexible with the location too, at least here in Las Vegas. I can't speak for any other cities. Um, right. Just because they're able to get what they want now. Yeah. Now, I'm just curious, when you do your analytics, which is great, is it straight up rent per month versus um, mortgage payment per month, or do you actually factor in the you know, principal reduction and tax savings, or you just go straight up one-to-one? No, so I do both. I do both. Okay, good. I think it's a, I think it's important that they see both. I have a really good lender good. that I've partnered with out here that is able to equip me with those, those numbers, especially if I'm like, hey, this is the property that we're looking at, or these are the four properties that we're looking at. I need numbers, and most lenders will be able to provide you with this, but I will get them numbers on a one-to-one, you know, rent now versus the mortgage right now. And she also equips me with just. Um, numbers that also include appreciation, if and when you can refinance in six months, 12 months, 18 months, how much those numbers change and benefit to you. 
just for owning rather than just renting and helping that landlord pay off their Mercedes or helping them golf on a Wednesday afternoon. And mm. once they see the, the practicality of those numbers, I mean, cause math doesn't lie. It's one of those no, right. subjects in school where it's just, it's, it's finite. There is no yeah. real way to, there's no imaginary numbers in real estate. Well, there is a math, but like, it, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no it, it, it's funny <laughs> you say that because, um, and you mentioned golf, and I'll, I'll tell this story quickly. I've already told you, but I'm playing golf, and this I ended up being paired up with this. I'm, uh, it was me and one of my friends, and this husband and wife couple. And you know, by the third hole now, we're best buddies, and he knows I'm in real estate. And then he asked me this question, just like this. He said, um, "Is it? Is it? Should I buy right now?" And I said, "Well, let me ask you. Are you renting? Yes. Then the answer is yes. You should buy." Unless you're living in your parents' house, basement, or garage and not paying rent, then you should buy. He goes, but the rates are coming down. And I go, so you're going to continue to penalize yourself until they go lower? He goes, what do you mean? Right. I go, well, there's no scenario that renting is better. What are you paying a month? And I went through the basic numbers with him, and he's like, wow, I never looked at it that way. I go, plus, the rates are going to come down, and then you're going to be competing with 87 million people. Right now, you have the opportunity to pick the house you want and refinance later, and then I went over buy down. But it's, it's, so, it's just, it's the way I feel. It's what I've seen in my 39 years doing this. And we've never had, when I moved to Las Vegas, I know, here we go, it's going to sound like an old guy, but when I moved to Las Vegas yeah. in two, 2010, <clears throat> there were 25, 30,000 homes on the market. I mean, yeah. it was the, it was the yeah. post end. Now we have less than 4,000 total with everything. I mean, yeah. it's almost crazy if you think about it. So unless you give, like, I think it's really important for us today as real estate agents not be, to be afraid to give them the real point-blank conversation to even shock them maybe. Even if they don't do it right away, they're thinking about it and they may do something down the road, right? I mean, I think it's important. I do. I do, yeah. And I think before you can have those conversations, because sometimes, right, those those real face-to-face -face conversations where you are the real estate professional, hopefully a real right. estate expert, because there is a difference between a professional and an expert, but you're able to offer that expertise in a real conversation that is tactful, mindful of your client's current situation, and it isn't going to turn them off or make them feel bad, right? Because sometimes right. I've seen in, in the role play classes that I do too, sometimes we can just come off a little abrasive when it comes to that right. conversation. Yeah. And I think that's another thing too. This year, I think you're going to have to have your, your scripts and your role play and your mm. objection handled this year because our consumers this year, they're going through a lot. We have inflation, right? right? We have that, that includes the average cost of living, not to mention groceries. And these guys are not getting the raises that they need at work, Right. Inflation is, according to the Fed, starting to slow down, but still, you know, you have single mom, single dad, you have hardworking parents that are feeling the pressure there. They're not getting the relief that they need at work. They have to pick up extra shifts. And then there's some like PS real estate agent telling them that they should just throw all their money into a house, which necessarily, I don't necessarily disagree with. It's just there needs to be a softer approach than to just hammering yeah. it with them. And that's why 
you know, role playing good scripts is good. At least knowing right. the information, be able to deliver that with like tenderness. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> sometimes yeah, no, I do. just come across. I do. You got to be in rapport. Like, you got to yeah. be in rapport with them. And you're, when you when you talk scripts and delivery, it's all about getting in rapport. And once you're in rapport, then they then they trust you. Then you can be a little bit more honest. You know, I should say point blank with them. I guess. Yeah. No, that's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. All right. Cool. All right, cool. So I'm somebody that uh, you've been, you look at, this is your fifth year, fifth year in the business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's gone so by fast. give them, I mean, you're doing great. You're doing great. Now you're doing incredibly well. I, I always tell the story that Andrew met me in the back uh, stairs when I was doing success series at St. Rose years, uh, you know, five, what, um, five and a half years ago and told me, you know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, yeah, because I've, I've heard people tell me that. And then, only a small portion of people actually follow through and you actually follow through and exceeded what I think even what you would have thought was possible at first and you're doing an incredible job. So that brings me to my next question is, give them a top two, three things, three things that um, you focus on on a daily basis to be as successful as you are. Sure. Top three things to, to continue be successful and also leave some room for growth there. Um, mm-hmm. Number one, Right. Uh, and this has changed over the years, too. But like when I prospect, I prospect with the intent of taking it seriously and, you know, not taking no for an answer. There's going to be a lot of times where you're getting beat up over the phone. You're making your phone calls. You're calling your SOI and the calls are just not going as well as you want them to. It happens. Everyone has an off day. Calls are not always the best. <clears throat> but what I've done differently and what I do differently now is regardless of how they're going, I don't just give up. I don't just end the phone call first. I really try and take what they're saying, how they feel, their emotions, their frustrations. Um, even if it is answering the phone on a smartphone to an unknown number and they get me, you know, taking it seriously, really trying to, soften them with whatever humor that I can have fun on the phone calls, but ultimately try and offer and provide a service to them um, to help them out. And that's how I got this, this double end. It was from a, from a phone call that just happened to be a just listed, just sold out here in Las Vegas and got somebody and they were frustrated and that I called them, you know, they weren't on market, whatever, but was able to keep them on the line and continue to have conversations and, I took it seriously and asked them good questions and ended up meeting with them the next week. The rest is history. So I think number one is like treat your mm-hmm. prospecting seriously. When somebody comes into an open house, make sure you get their contact information. Don't take no for an answer. Right. You know, if they don't, if they don't sign a registration card right at the beginning, you know, do something else. Someone else on my team came up with a really good idea. I know other agents do it. I've never really done it before, but like we give them, like a pen and a, and a, like a notepad for like feedback. Hey, at the top is, you know, first name, phone number, email. As you're walking through the house, we would really love some feedback to get to the sellers. Even if it is, I don't like the carpet. We want to know what you want to hear. And anytime they feel like they're able to help the seller out, it, it, it seems like they're more willing to give contact information as well. Um, it's no longer like Mickey Mouse at 702-123-456-78, you know, as, as their registration name on a registration card, but um, that seems to be helping. So taking the open houses seriously, taking your 
SOI calls seriously. It's it's a it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, number two, I, agree. I, I, I would even I would even add into that. Don't fall for the reflex. No, that's kind of what you're describing too. Keep yeah. talking. Keep asking questions. Don't fall for the reflex. No, and uh, I like it though. That's awesome. Awesome first point. Yeah, I mean, because another thing too that I'm I'm telling my team is like, listen, if they didn't want to talk to you, they wouldn't answer the phone. The right. year is 2024. We have iPhones that tell us exactly what phone number is coming in. And if they didn't want to talk to you, they wouldn't answer the phone. I don't, right? And I'm a salesperson. If I answer the phone to an unknown number that says spam likely, I'll at least listen to them, right? Right. We know they're reading from a script and it's real rough, but I will hear them out. Um, so that's number one. Take it all seriously. Number two, your schedule. It's really important. Um, I think um, just with everything that happened last year, um, in order for me to, to keep the same pace and to mentally be able to focus when I need to focus your schedule and having that schedule is like paramount for the growth of your real estate business. And what I mean by that is like when you're at home and you have kids like I do, and you're not necessarily working, be home with your kids and don't be working. Right. And give it 110. But then when you're in the office and you're supposed to be prospecting, your mind needs to be there prospecting. Take your schedule and actually do the schedule, right? It's one thing to just show up at the office. It's another thing to show up at the office and actually follow through with your schedule. Don't be caught right. walking the halls, shooting, you know, the water, water area with all your other colleagues talking about the Super Bowl or what Taylor Swift was wearing and xyz like really have a schedule set your breaks up do your follow-up do your showings and stick to it stick to your schedule um number Love three it. would definitely be just refreshing and learning this this housing market's objections and i do talk about this in your success series every once in a while but like i feel like every quarter you need to refresh um your objection handlers as to why sellers are not selling or the objections that you hear or why buyers are not buying and the objections that you hear there too. <laughs> Real estate objections and the salesman or saleswomanship needed is, I don't know why people don't focus on it a little bit more, but like if we know the answers that are going to come out of our client's mouth when we ask the question, Hey, do you know anyone who's looking to buy or whatever? Are you looking to sell? Blah, blah, blah. They're like, Oh, interest rates are too high. If I sell, I don't know where to go. What's well, like an open book test at that point? If we know the answer, we know the question, we should be able to formulate some sort of business strategy to get more information, to ask better questions, to pull more information from these conversations to help these people get where they need. You know, when you walk into a doctor's office, they don't ask one question and say, I feel fine or I'm okay. I don't want to be here, you know, like an expired call. Why am I here? Blah, blah, blah. Um, no, they just hop right in. What'd you bring in? Heard your knee hurts. Tell me about it. You know, what about your other knee? What about your shoulders? You know what I mean? They just ask a ton of questions. And a lot of times we just sit there and ask. Um, so they're trying to figure out essentially the answers to all the objections that, that we know. And we got to do the same thing as real estate experts and professionals. We need to know what they're going to say and be able to put handles on it and help them. Because if you can't, then... Probably not going to problem. You want, yeah, yeah. 
So those are the three things that I would say. All right, cool. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, so, you know, the thing, the thing is, is that, and you're a worker, you show up, you do your job, you have three young kids, right? So you, and, and mm-hmm. you know, you, so you, you have all, you, my point is you have, you have distractions that other people would use as excuses not to, but you show up, you do what you're supposed to be doing, you make your calls, you know, and, uh, and I think that's what's important. And you do it primarily by the phone, but you have been outdoor knocking, right? But it's primarily by the phone. Correct. Yeah. Primarily by the phone. But anytime my team wants to do an open house, I always do it with them. Anytime they want to go door knocking, I'm doing it with them. Um, We're looking at farming some things. I mean, like we're super involved. I want us to be a team where we, we prospect, we don't buy leads. We don't ask for leads. We don't ask for handouts. I don't want anyone to feel like we're passive agents, which don't get me wrong, once we've earned it, yeah, we're going to take those deals too that just fall on your lap, but we're active. We are hungry and we want to make money this year. So we're going to go out and get it and we're not going to let anything or anyone stop us. And so far- I love it. I love it. What a perfect place to stop. Well, I just want to say, obviously I'm behind you 100%. My man always here, anything you need, you're you're a, a great example of a way to do it and be successful in real estate without spending a lot of money too. So congratulations. Really appreciate you thank taking you. your time out today, my man. Thanks everybody thank too, you for showing up. All right, my pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Appreciate Bye. it. We'll talk soon. All right, everybody. Bye-bye.